audience, welcome. Today we start our podcast series about financial diaries. We have the tremendous honor to speak with Stuart Rutherford. Stuart is regarded as the father of financial diaries. He is also the person behind many important experiments and savings innovations. Stuart, welcome. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you very much. And hello, everybody who's listening. By the way, Anne-Marie, the financial idea, the financial diary idea emerged when I was working with David Hume at Manchester University. So I guess really there were two fathers for financial <laughs> diaries rather than one. Okay, so Financial Diaries has two fathers. Um, Stuart, could you start explaining to our listeners what Financial Diaries are? Yes, they're, they're records of money transactions. Money transactions made by individuals or households. And we collect these records of these money transactions regularly, like daily or weekly or fortnightly, over some period of time, ranging from a few weeks up to several years. Then these reports, these records are analyzed uh, to try and pull out insights into how the respondents, who are usually low-income individuals or households, how they manage their money. And the idea of understanding how they manage their money better than we have before, is that we think it can, that knowledge can be used in various ways to improve people's lives. Maybe like, uh, for example, offering them better quality financial services or other social and economic services in ways that fit better with their real lives. So when people hear the name financial diaries, they often think of someone actually keeping a personal diary and, and writing every day about their finance. Is that how it is typically done? Sometimes it's done like that. But more often, uh, the records are collected by uh, interviewers uh, who, who interview the, 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 the respondents on a regular basis. Um. In 2009, the book Portfolios of the Poor came out, and this book presents findings from financial diary studies. Mm. Um, could you tell us about uh, that study or the studies, and, and why did you do that study? How did you arrive at using this specific methodology? Ah, yes, well, um, the study came about because in 1999, David Hume and some of his colleagues at Manchester University, they won a contract from UK Aid uh, to have a fresh look at the relationship between finance and development. So David asked me to help him find ways to generate some fresh ways of looking into how poor people use financial services and how they can benefit from financial services. Now, at the time, there, there were existing data available about the amounts of money that poor people save and borrow and so on, but they were mostly one-off snapshots. And we figured that finance is almost by definition the intersection of time and money. And so, therefore, really, we would need to understand the flow of transactions over time if we really wanted to understand how poor people manage their money. 
And it was that that led us to this diary approach. At the time, I, I don't think we felt we were launching a new methodology. I think we just felt that we needed to do our research in this particular way in order to come up with believable results, in order to come up with results that we would have some confidence in. At the time, I was working in Bangladesh. So David Hume and I decided that we would launch the first year-long financial diary project there and that I would manage it. At that time, in Bangladesh, microcredit was growing very fast. So I also saw it as an opportunity to investigate how microcredit loans fit in to the lives of low-income households. Now, the book, Portfolios of the Poor, it was an instant hit for me personally also. Many people read this book, and, and it still is the most read book, I think, about microfinance, and, and it's a standard reading for anybody interested in financial inclusion. Do you think this book has convinced the world about financial diaries as a methodology? Um, to some extent, yes. I mean, luckily, um, it convinced enough people that uh, since then, quite a few diaries have been done and founders have been found who are willing to pay for them. So uh, after, after the, the diaries that we did in Bangladesh, Uh, two of the book's other authors, um, Orlando Ruthven and Daryl Collins, did diaries in India and South Africa. And it was on the basis of those three diaries that we wrote the book. And then Daryl went on uh, to do diaries in several other countries. And the fourth author of the book, Jonathan Mordock, is a very well-known, very highly respected economist. So his involvement helped to give the diary's academic responsibility, which I think has been an important factor. And then, luckily, uh, some really high-class people, Guy Stewart is one, you are another, uh, independently started running diaries and experimenting with new ways of doing them and uh, developing them in various ways. And um, Now, for me, reading the Portfolios of the Poor, the book was a moment of truth. I read it in 2010. It was my midlife crisis. I was somebody who had worked for then for 20 years in microfinance. And all of a sudden, my life came tumbling down. And I started to doubt the usefulness of almost anything I've done in my working life. Because in that book, you showed so clearly that we need to look much more at the complexity of people's financial lives rather than at the, the supply of microfinance. Okay, now we are 10 years on, it's 2020 as we speak. Do you think the financial diaries methodology has changed the sector? And what has this methodology maybe contributed so far for financial inclusion? Uh, well, that's, that's hard to measure, isn't it? perhaps especially for someone like me who's so deeply involved in it. But as you say, quite a few people have read the book, Portfolios of the Poor. So I think the book probably has helped people in development to see that there's much more to financial services for the poor 
than just giving out small loans to women in groups. And for a smaller number of people, such as yourself, I think the diaries have provided a methodology, a tool to carry out more human-centered research, more down-to-earth research than was done previously in, in the world of finance for poor people. And I think that may have improved to some extent the way that development work is thought about and executed. I certainly hope so. Now, since uh, five years, but I think it's actually longer, you have conducted daily financial diaries in Rishipara, which is a peri-urban area in Bangladesh. About this study, we want to do another podcast in the future. Uh, so don't don't slip everything. Um, don't don't tell us too much about that now. But for the future, what contribution do you think financial diaries can still make? Or let me say better. Um, what are your hopes for financial diaries? If your dreams come true, what role will financial financial diaries play? Yes. Well, let me go back to those first diaries. Um, in my own mind back then, the purpose of those first, first diaries in Bangladesh, 1999-2000, was just to answer one simple question that had been bugging me for a long time. Do poor people have financial lives? It sounds a very naive question now, But back then, people didn't really know. And quite a few people, for example, in microcredit, were really working in the dark. And many of them imagined that until a poor person gets a microcredit loan, he or she has almost no financial experience other than being perhaps exploited by wicked village moneylenders. So those first diaries succeeded in laying that misunderstanding to rest by showing that poor households tend to manage their money intensively and they use many financial instruments in the process, most of them, many of them, informal. But that just led to more questions. That, that We answered that simple first question, but that led to more questions, which people like you have attempted to answer with new sets of diaries. So my hopes for the future of financial diaries is very simple. I hope it goes on like that. That means is I hope we'll go on discovering new questions about the complex field of development that can be uh, 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 can be uh, addressed through financial diaries and that the financial diaries will go on being a useful way of trying to find the answers to those questions. Uh, thank you so much for your Uh, wise and modest words. I think you may be too modest, actually. So, dear audience, this was the famous Stuart Rutherford. We hope you all enjoyed listening and that you will go back to your work now and use some of the insights from the podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks very much, Anne-Marie. Goodbye. Goodbye.